Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Zero season three episode 52 technically this is the season finale even though you're getting more episodes this year this is our last wednesday show of 2023 i'm your host brandon davis by jenna anderson hey everybody aaron perine what's going on bd not much aaron glad you're here and we got jamie Jurak. greetings from los angeles Greetings from Los Angeles. The 9 a.m.ers over there coming in, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Welcome to Phase Zero. This is an episode that's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have, a, we have one hot debate for the episode that uh, started a bit of a fire on, on the Twitter this week. Uh, I honestly didn't intend it to, but of course I should have known it would. Uh, we have one piece of Marvel news to talk about. Obviously, Hollywood is basically not working. We're not reporting on scoops that are called scoops despite being plot points and spoilers for films that make their way on social media. And sometimes those things turn out to be true. Sometimes they turn out to be false. If you're on if you're on Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. I, I don't address that stuff on Twitter. I try. I don't consider a plot point to be a scoop. I think it's just a spoiler, and we try not to do those things here. Um, so we won't be talking about that. We do have one Iron Man Star-Lord thing that almost happened. And then it's going to be fun because we're just going to kind of talk about other things this year from 2023 on friday we have a bonus episode where we're going to look back at the mcu's year all our favorite and least favorite news stories moments movies shows episodes all that stuff uh that's coming on friday at 2 p.m eastern time on the phase your youtube channel and on all major podcast platforms we also have two more what if episodes coming uh with episodes four through six and seven through nine and season two as a whole so plenty to come this is a fun episode because it's marvel but it's also other stuff, which we never do once a year. So enjoy it. First of all, only piece of Marvel news this this week is that Iron Man and Star-Lord almost had a what-if episode. The what-if episode that dropped this year, this week was uh, what if Iron Man crash-landed on Sakaar, met the Grandmaster, basically played out Loki's role from Thor Ragnarok in a sense, and then had a baby with Star Wars pod racing, and Mad Max Fury Road ra- raised it. Uh, fun episode, but it was almost Iron Man and Star-Lord as a uh, writer of the show, AC Bradley said in a tweet. So I think that's interesting. I think it would have been fun if they had, especially if they had Chris Pratt voicing uh, Star-Lord, because for me, a big thing in this is the voice actors uh, it, from the original live action titles voicing the characters. They did a good job of casting Iron Man. I have a tougher job with Chris without Chris Evans as Captain America, but we got to shout out Lake Bell like we did in our previous What If episode. But uh, Iron Man, I, I love the Iron Man story. I thought he was so well written. I thought that he was well acted. And the Gamora, Korg, all that stuff in this episode, which will be in our in our next bo- What If bonus episode. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it was great. This is a missing episode. What, what, what did you guys, what would you guys think of an Iron Man Star-Lord team up? 
I'm glad they it's not that because this episode was supposed to originally be season one, right? This mm-hmm. was the or, it was. so and yeah. So maybe if it was season one, but I would have been annoyed if it was season two because we already had a very Star Lord heavy episode, and I would have been like, "What? What's the deal, guys? Why? Why are you so obsessed with Star Lord? There's fifty thousand other characters in this franchise to focus on." So I'm really glad that it ended up being Gamora because well, that's more random to me. I mean, you know, Peter and 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 Tony feels kind of like. Uh, more obvious tony and gamora i mean i guess we got t- tony and nebula uh, uh, you know in endgame which is was a weird duo too but it, i like seeing tony with my space girls i think it's fun i agree i like we'll talk about it when we have our bonus episode but like i feel like the humor of that episode would have completely changed if you also had peter quill in the fray it would have been even more quips on top of quips on top of quips so i'm glad that we didn't get that as cool as it would have been i think that the context that they came up with worked perfectly fine yeah i i think it made me go back and rewatch those parts of infinity war to like figure out when they actually had interacted and i was like that would have been fun but also i think pd's right like it you need the crackle of like because i forget what's the actor who does the iron man voice in these what's his name oh yeah mick wingert i want to say yeah he does he does a really good job i don't know if you're gonna find the chris pratt like i don't know maybe they just get an orange cat to sit in the uh voice (laughs) action mario voice yeah you know (laughs) Tony Stark, but, it's a me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nice to meet you. Call call BD Marvel Studios. Yeah. He'll do it. He, he's doing it. He'll do it. He, Chris Pratt's right here on this podcast with us, you know? Wow. Call me. I will ruin anything. <laughs> I, I, Star-Lord and, and Iron Man are like similar enough characters in terms of the tone they bring to a scene. And I think that that would have made it a really funny episode. But the Gamora element, which we'll talk about more in our What If bonus episode, I hope you'll all listen to. I, the one thing I find interesting is that Gamora really was not a main character in this episode, mm-hmm. but she was one of the guardians of the multiverse. So when it was a missing episode, I thought it was going to be Gamora as the lead character. It was very much an Iron Man episode. This was a Tony Stark episode. And finally, one where they didn't kill Iron Man. Like, <laughs> how many times they kill this guy in season one? But yeah, no, that, that was an interesting thing. And I also find it interesting because Jamie Aaron, you guys were there when they said this episode never changed. Then they said, like, this episode is what we got. Despite being pushed back to season two, it was always the plan. So I, I think, and AC Bradley kind of said this in the tweet, that uh, it was, uh, like, pitched as an Iron Man Star-Lord thing. I don't think it ever made it to voice recording or animation and stuff. But it's I found, what if we got that episode? The whole world would be different. What if? Uh, okay. We got it with this one. This one. Woo-wee. All right, comment section. I'm going to ask for respect and kindness and uh, the fact that we do enjoy these things to be kept in mind. And we want them to be successful and we don't invite toxicity onto this show. Uh, but everybody got real toxic with me on social media. Not everybody, but a lot of people uh, and tried to do little donkey dunks on me. And I just wanted to like just be like, you're an idiot. But that would be toxic right in response. So I try not to respond to people. Uh, Aquaman 2 did not do well at the box office. The movie is... Uh, fine it's fun it's silly it's ridiculous it's, is it great no is it terrible no it's just this kind of ending to the dceu that is what it is made 28 million dollars in its opening weekend that's not good it's a sequel to a billion dollar movie it made 40 million dollars over four days not great over the christmas holiday sequel to a billion dollar movie i'm i'm surprised by how much it underperformed 
I expected it to not do well. We all kind of did. I think that DC movies this year got kind of written off once they announced the reboot. I think everybody was like, well, Blue Beetle, The Flash, Aquaman, even Shazam 2 back in March. It was like, well, these are not going to really hit the same because they're not part of a continued franchise. They're all just a dead end. And yeah, I know you're supposed to enjoy movies on their individual merits, and we do. But also, part of the, the excitement of these comic book franchises is that they go somewhere and they build to something else. And if you look at the success of the Infinity Saga, it's not just based on each movie being, you know, the best movie ever. It's based on the fact, it, it's it's complemented by the fact that they all built to something. They all have one little thing that kind of built to Thanos or built to whatever the next step was or the relationships. And this is like, well, we know we're not getting that anymore. I'm, I'm done beating that horse. The fact is Aquaman 2 just didn't perform very well. Neither did the Marvels. The Marvels definitely underperformed. It is a sequel to a billion dollar movie. The Flash got headlines about underperforming and being a flop. Blue Beetle got the headline of being the worst performing DC movie of all time when it opened. Aquaman 2 got headlines about not doing well. The Marvels also got all of that. The Marvels got this is the worst opening for an MCU movie ever. The Marvels got the, the biggest second week drop in MCU history. It was crazy. All these movies got that. The expectations for the Marvels were definitely higher than Aquaman 2. I get that. But what I pointed out on Twitter this week was that I don't see people celebrating the fact that Aquaman 2 failed. Not even called, I don't even want to call it a failure, but it is not the success they wanted it to be when they greenlit a $200 plus million movie. And I'm not saying you should celebrate any movie's failure. I'd prefer a world where we just be like, damn, it didn't do well. Here's why I wish, here's why I didn't like the movie in a, in a cordial, friendly way. But the fact is when the Marvels failed, people were freaking celebrating. People were like, go woke, go broke. This is the reason you shouldn't have, you know. And not everybody. There were people who very logically understood why the Marvels didn't do well. And, and that it's a it's a product of many circumstances. But there were people who were genuinely happy to see the Marvels fail. They started their narrative about the Marvels failing months before it released. And when it didn't do well, they all felt validated. And they all took to the streets of the digital streets and started cheering that the Marvels failed. So that's the point I wanted to make. I think it's undeniable that people were happy to see the Marvels fail. Whereas when other movies with that should have similar expectations, but because movies before them in the same franchise didn't, it's not a, as big of a news story. I, I agree. Aquaman 2 not doing well is not as big of a news story as the Marvels not doing well. But I'm just saying the tone of the reception was pretty freaking annoying for the Marvels. And I don't want to see it for Aquaman 2. I was just making a point. I don't want to see people celebrate Aquaman 2 failing. I just think it's undeniable that people saw the Marvels. They saw women of color and women in general. And they were like, this, this is why the movie failed. Let's celebrate that. And I don't even think they believe that that's what they were doing. I think they're just so blinded by their own, uh, uh, like, just hatred towards the fact that this is happening, that these movies are being made, that they went and celebrated it. But I don't know. I I just had to, sh I wanted to point that out and, and kind of add more context to my tweet because it got a million impressions, probably more. Wow. <laughs> and it just blew up and it got over a thousand responses and people being like, you're an idiot. You're spreading a stupid narrative. You're, you're saying this, you're saying that. You're just trying to get a divisive engagement. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. All I feel like many people are choosing to ignore my point, which I think is valid. I think uh, uh, putting a pin in the in the actual point of this uh, and and 
I, 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 30 Rock has been trending all week, and the <laughs> clip, the clip that keeps standing out my mind is when Tina Fey goes on like a Reddit or something and asks, where, "Where's a good place to find a girl bike, a girl's bike?" And then someone's like, "What's a girl's bike? What do you mean girl's bike?" And then somebody else goes, "Oh, you're gonna go and get a bike, but you're not, you don't, you're not getting your kid a helmet." And then someone's like, "You're a Hitler," and then someone's like, "You're a double Hitler," and it goes literally, it escalates so quickly, and it's a very funny joke, and it's. And it's funny that that was like over 10 years ago that that was released because it has become that every single thing you post has become that. I posted that I just learned that the line from A Christmas Carol, <laughs> Tiny Tim did not die. <laughs> I thought that was a Muppet movie line. I didn't know it was from A Christmas Carol. And it got, it blew up so big that I'm getting things like, doesn't anybody read anymore? Sorry I haven't read every single book written in the 1800s, man. <sighs> like, and it's so, like, I just want to say... Uh, the uh, I'm sorry that you got piled on so hard, and that's why we need to let Twitter die because you just can't say anything anymore. You can't say the simplest thing, but that's not really what we're talking about in this conversation. That's not what this is about. But I just needed to say that because it's just getting ridiculous. I will say to your point, Jamie, that is even not exclusive to Twitter anymore because like there's been a running joke on TikTok for several months now of like there was a bean soup recipe video that went viral, and all of the comments became people being like, "What do I do with this if I don't like beans? Like, is there a a version that doesn't have beans and everyone's just like just don't make the recipe then like it's not relevant to you like stop being in the comment section making this about you so i think that's just a problem reflective on like all social media at this point yeah never go i don't do comment sections i never <laughs> understood it i don't understand that like if, if i had a question i would ask somebody i knew why unless i need to fix something in my house in the plumbing then i will go on youtube and watch a video but i'm not in the comment section replying to anybody some yeah. electrician who's worked for 35 years and has been laid off is like telling me like, okay, that's what you do. And I'm like, good job, dude. Thank you. I appreciate you. My friend. I, I appreciate that what? so much. Hmm? What? No, <laughs> you broke him. That's, I'm sorry, Brandon. That's the thing. Like you just never, like you don't, there's no way to know who's arguing with you, why they're saying what they're saying to you, why they feel the way they feel. And on top of all that, you're never going to change somebody's mind on one of these social media platforms. I, I, I've tried to have reasonable conversations. I've responded to a couple people when I sent that tweet before I realized it was blowing up. And like, I just wanted to add context to what I was saying because I felt like I was very clear in my point. Like I obviously think that the Marvels was celebrated by not all people, but a group of people that were happy to see it fail because they just, the, 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 the go woke, go broke crowd. Like that crowd exists. Undeniably, those people exist on social media. They love seeing things fail. They love throwing that label and that stupid phrase on anything that's not led by a white dude. Like, it is what it is. That crowd exists. That's not everybody. There are people who logically understand why the Marvels didn't make money. Like, I get it. it, it the, the strike. The it, There are two Disney Plus shows. The bad, a boring villain. Whatever. Say what you need to. There are plenty of reasons why the Marvels... They, Disney threw everything at the, at the Marvels to try to get it going. They threw that endgame footage into the trailers. I recognize that Warner Brothers did not throw everything at Aquaman 2. There was no junket, but there was no strike. There was no U.S. premiere. And there are reasons for those things, not just the fact that they wanted to let this movie go out there to die. There are schedules. There are other th factors other than, well, it'll cost us a few million dollars to have a premiere. It'll cost us this. That, that is a factor, too, I'm sure. But there are plenty of points that people just don't know about. That like It's just not part of the conversation. Uh, the whole thing, yeah, social media sucks. Honestly, I've started posting on Facebook more. Oh. I start posting kind of thoughts. I have a Facebook page, like a Brandon Davis page, like a business page, whatever it is. And 
last month I reached 9 million people. That wow. is a lot of comments. <laughs> and I don't read a damn comment on Facebook. I'll tell you right now. You it go. is peaceful. Yeah. It is a peaceful existence. And you're not going to change anybody's mind. Anyway, my point on this whole thing is I don't think any failure for any movie should be celebrated. Unless it's just like a movie with bad intentions or something. Like maybe there's a case for it. That nothing we say I think applies universally anyway. Or some things do. But whatever. But in any case, I just think the Mar- like one of my least favorite things this year was... The, 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 a lot of the conversation around the Marvels, it just made it not fun to talk about. And I, I it just, it brought out the worst side in some of the fandom and it sucked. I like that. And I which was like trying to point out, Hey, y'all not doing this for Aquaman too, you know, and I, you shouldn't be, you should, my point is not that you should be. The point is that you, it's just, the, it happened to the Marvels and it sucked. And I think I, it's worth noting that not just uh, people like on Twitter, the trades, the way yeah. that they, that they framed the Marvels in big outlets, big news was very different from how they're yes. doing it with Aquaman. I mean, and and going after Nia Costa and things like that. This this is not limited to our little weird Twitter hellscape. This has gotten bigger than that. Yeah, I and I also think like to to be this point of just like what what people are even aware of and like to what is actually in our bubble. Like I, I guarantee you, the vast majority of people don't know that there's a DC reboot coming. Like as big as that announcement was in January when they announced the first ten titles, like that has not permeated into the mainstream at all. It's just a thing of the movies that have been put out are not like enough for people like they're not accessible enough to just be able to watch on your own and be satisfied with but they're also not connected to anything because this franchise is dying on the vine so i think that that's also a huge part of it i i like had thought this when i saw aquaman of like if this was still the dceu and it was at this point the conversation would be completely different because it would be just doomsdaying of like oh my god this is the direction that things are going in because this is the level of quality that this franchise has we're not at that point anymore so i think people just don't care yeah, definitely. It's it's a bigger deal to see a Marvel movie fail this year. You know what I mean? I, uh, I, I think a, a thing that's lost too, because I'll talk about one of the positives from this weekend later in the show. But I, I really think there's a there's a ton of exhibitors, like a ton of theater owners that were really banking on this thing to help them kind of get through the year. So yeah. it's a bummer when things don't do well. Like I looked at there was a tweet going around too that like Kills of Flower Moon. Is like gonna underperform somehow. Like somehow, little Timothy Chalamet in a purple coat is keeping the whole thing afloat, and my ladies over with the color purple are keeping things afloat. And that was not how this was supposed to go. Um, it feels like, huh? I think so much of that has to do with marketing. And I think like a lot of what we've said on the show, like how Marvel's was marketed, how, how Aquaman's being marketed, everything. It, Barbie and Oppenheimer were marketed so well and that helped with word of mouth to make it into the big cultural moment that it was. Wonka, whether you love or hate the trailers that have existed, have has been very prevalent in marketing. The color purple has been very prevalent in its marketing. So I think if you, they, they weren't doing that with Aquaman, especially compared to the first one. And so then when they're mad that people aren't going to go see it, it's like, well, they don't even know to go see it really i saw so many comments saying i didn't even know this movie was out wow really i did i wow. saw a lot of people say like i didn't know this movie had come out already me and jamie <laughs> laugh because we live in la so you can't <laughs> literally get on the bus without seeing oh, yeah. this big old face plus from the side of it there was a marvel's bus on 83rd a day or so ago and i was like wow yo what um but it's not that in other places i'm sure no not here in nashville Ain't no Jason Moore on the, on the side of the building here. 
<laughs> I also want to bring up the fact that, you know, we're focusing on Marvel and DC, but this has been a problem for franchises all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indiana Jones, something that people have been waiting 15 years for, but then it came out and it didn't do that well. Uh, the biggest shock to me is Mission Impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That got yeah. rave reviews. That got incredible reviews. And it still didn't do that well. And and I think it comes down to people are sick of having homework. Yes. These franchises are so deep. And and people think that they can't watch them on their own. They they think that it comes with a lot. And that's not necessarily true. Most mm-hmm. of the movies that came out this year that are franchise movies, you could have watched on their own all you needed was like a little bit of context or a little bit of filler to to understand it but i do under but i do get why people are kind of shying away from this they want to go be one and done they want to say chalamet's in his purple coat and then i never have to see chalamet in his purple coat ever again but it's not the same will, as oh in in six years chalamet and his purple coat and paddington <laughs> are going to be going to space together and here's you the know? grandpa <laughs> joe spinoff and just That's everything right. man listen i don't even know who plays grandpa joe if he's in walker or not because i'm not risking to go to austin the butler to let's just have a little butler, dude oh, wow it's dude it's the Dude multiverse. Reunion. Yeah. <laughs> Elvis is Grandpa Joe. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I love that that's what you go to and not Dune. Because they're going to be in Dune yes, together. That was, that was why I made the joke. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. I want to say, though, in, in addition to Jay's point, because I'll let that go. I've argued. I don't know about all that. I think the problem <laughs> is the way that they've scheduled these things. Yes. Every week this summer, there was some 200 or $150 million movie in theaters. And the average family simply cannot afford to take two kids, you and your squeeze, to the theater, get popcorn, soda, and candy. It's impossible. You have to pick one. And the kids are probably going to pick which one it is. So guess what it is? It's Barbie. It's the Turtles. It's Trolls Band Together, which is like $400 million this year already, which is insane. Yeah, like Band Together was great, though. It's really good. And they sent Brand like I sent all of us like weird little things in the mail. I was like, what in the world? Like I'm like Justin Timberlake, an in sync reunion. Like, what is going on here? But go ahead, BD. Man, the trolls thing it brought the headphones that came in that box. Yes. It brought me to a, 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 a oh my gosh. I had a terrible day yesterday. I had a terrible day yesterday. I woke up, I had a flat tire. That's one thing that's completely unrelated to all this. But then, things that the people will care about. I dropped my Lego Daily Bugle. <laughs> I dropped it. I got headphones in the mail from The Creator. Probably my favorite movie this year, The Creator. I love that film. I got these headphones in the mail a few weeks ago. They came in his briefcase. They, they make it look like you have the, the, the hole in your head, basically. Mm. With the, they're like infinity mirrors. They're hand, that, that when you open the box, it says, these are handmade. You'll never get another pair. Be careful with them. I picked up the briefcase to move it yesterday. It was unlocked. No. It fell out and shattered on the ground. <laughs> what, there was something else that happened yesterday. It was terrible. I broke something else. I forget the, what it was. I broke so many things toy. yesterday. Your yeah, mom, the hot toy you were telling us about. My mom dropped the Ahsoka hot toys downstairs. <laughs> I, I sound like the ultimate uh, 30-year-old dude who like lives in his mom's <laughs> basement. Uh, my mom dropped my Ahsoka hot toys down the stairs. I dropped my Lego. No, there was something else that broke yesterday too. I forget what. Really, I only know I love stuff. I love my stuff. Stuff's amazing, and when stuff breaks, it sucks. Oh. Seriously, I agree. Brutal. 
Brutal. The, the creator headphones are really going to stick with me, man. I, I got to like find a way to super glue them back together. The Daily Bugle Lego. I saw those pieces on the ground. It was almost as if I saw it in slow motion. <laughs> uh, but anyway, onwards and upwards. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to talk about the rest of the box office, some of the big surprises this year, things we enjoyed this year that aren't Marvel related. Uh, and we'll just talk about ourselves because we don't do that ever. So we hope you enjoy it. Feel free to talk about yourselves in the comments section. During the break, Drop your single favorite thing about 2023 in the comment section. Let's get some positivity. We started this note, uh, this episode, a little bit, you know, negative, a little heavy conversation, a little negative. We're going to bring it around. We're going to have a good time in the second half of the show. What was your absolute favorite thing that happened to you or in the world in 2023? Drop it in the comments. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Phase Zero. We got a, uh, we got some comments. People's favorite things from 2023. John Brown loves Spider Verse. Barbie Summer was and Peggy's favorite thing. We love it. We love it. We love it. All right, box office. We have much more to say about the box office. The biggest hits were Barbie Oppenheimer, Super Mario Brothers, Guardians Three, and Spider Verse were really the be the biggest comic book movies of the year. Tough year for superheroes, uh, but also a tough year for quality. It, 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 and you know stuff like that i mean there was a lot of a lot of things that just felt like well that was just okay stuff like that uh, a lot of stuff that was really good though like mission impossible that should not have released when it did it should have moved up a week uh to, to not get hit by the barbenheimer explosion uh but it did and it felt it uh so anyway uh jenna you added i think you added a good one there was that jamie i did no i added that yeah so uh I, we had to bring up Godzilla minus one, which I know a lot of us on this panel have seen. Like it, it has broken so many records. It is the highest grossing Japanese movie in U.S. cinematic blockbuster history, and it deserves it. It is an incredible movie. I honestly like going to a four thirty matinee showing of that out in the suburbs here. My crowd was bigger than like most superhero movies have been this year. So people, if people have good word of mouth and they know that something is genuinely good, they're going to show up. And I think Barbenheimer proved that. Godzilla proved that. Thank you, Peter, for playing the trailer. Um, but yeah, I, there's just like, it, it, if stuff is quality, I think people will actually show up. And I think that that proves it. Yeah, this I've was a great I've never film. heard of this movie until it was already in theaters and everyone mm -hmm. was talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I immediately ran out and did a double with The Boy and the Heron, which also had an ama really good box office. I think Miyazaki's best in, in America, I think. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it, it, you, I think you're so right, Jenna. That is definitely a part of it. This movie was fantastic. I'm with you. I had never heard of it until it was already in theaters. I saw everybody talking about it. 
And I was like, I want to go see it. And I was delighted. And I told other people to go see it. So Godzilla Minus One was, man, what a fantastic it's, movie, though. It's funny because it's a remake of the first Godzilla. <laughs> like, it literally is a remake of Godzilla. Like, it's very funny to me. Ish. Wow. Well, no, no, no. Like down the way, it's a re it's a remake of Godzilla. If you look at the like the interviews of the director, they're like, "Go make us the first one again from a modern sensibility." And he was like, "Okay, what would this be like, and how can I focus it around?" Because there's a lot more human characters in Godzilla One than there is like monsters destroying things, which is what we get from the Americanized version of the franchise, which over which is also fun. I don't, yes. I don't hate on the, the big the big ape and the lizard fight. It's great. It's fun. <laughs> Shout out Spencer Perry, who's like somewhere nodding, like, yes. The yes, whiplash, because I, I saw minus one, and then the next day the trailer for New Empire dropped, and it's just like two completely opposite sides completely. of Godzilla that are both very valid. Of just like he's having just this like fun with his friend in like hanging out together, and then just at the center of this very dark, very emotional war movie. And it's like both are completely valid, and it's so Listen. good. In the 70s, we used to do this all the time. There would be a very serious Godzilla movie that made you think about the environment and like other stuff. And then the other one, it'd be like, hey, watch Baby Godzilla make friends and then like use Mothra's weird children to sing songs. And both of them would do amazing in the theater. So if, if this weird malaise leads to that, great. Yeah, Godzilla minus one. I cared about the humans. Good job. I don't care about them in that monster verse. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I just don't care. I will I, say Kong Skung Island has my favorite movie death of all time. Oh, it's so good. And that and is when Shay Wiggum gets whacked into the mountain. That is, I, I'm not exaggerating. It is my favorite movie death of all time. I think and then he explodes too, funny. right? Yeah. It's so funny. It's so I, good. It, is, it is so ridiculous and sad, though. I love it. It's my As favorite. much as we were hating on Twitter, that clip goes around like once every other month, and it delights. I have to watch the entire thing every single time. It's so it's good. So good. <laughs> that movie has a special place in my heart because I'm a huge Lost fan, and they filmed uh -huh. in the Kuloa Ranch where Lost filmed a lot of scenes, and Jordan Vogue Roberts told me that one day they had extra time, so he laid down in the bamboo forest where Jack woke up, and he recreated <laughs> the sequence with himself using the using the stuff they had to film that movie. He made the crew film a shot of him as Jack in the same bamboo forest, and I was like, man, the biggest W. Oh, anything related <laughs> to Lost. Anything related to Lost is a W to me. Why didn't the creator make any money this year? The hell? That movie because was it wasn't as good as you think it is. <laughs> wow. You stop. You wow. stop. It looks good. It's a very pretty movie. Yeah. Wow. I liked it. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I liked it. We talked I just rewatched it. Just rewatched it on Christmas Eve with my mom, and I stand by it. It's a fantastic film, especially that ending. It's the most human story of the year, and it's about a freaking robot. Ooh, the face. I, I don't agree with that. Um, I do think that it is visually stunning and it is a good movie, but I think that the script leaves something to be desired. I know a lot of people who hated it. I liked it. I just want to say that. I liked it. But I know people who hated it. Nope. So I Jamie I hates think another that... thing. <laughs> 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 Jamie went to D23 and she hates everything. I'm even a four on Letterboxd. So I well, we do that. 10 scales here, so that's really low. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will make the devil's advocate argument. I haven't watched it yet, but I think part of it might just be the release date. Like, I don't know. It, it, it feels like it was at that time where the summer movie blockbuster season had kind of passed. Everyone had spent their money, as Aaron said, on Barbie and on Oppenheimer and on whatever animated movie they wanted to see. And yet we weren't yet at the point of the Eras Tour movie, the Beyonce movie, and all of the kind of like end of the year stuff. So maybe people were just like, I'll, I'll wait till it's on streaming. I also think the creator was just a bad title. 
Hmm. I don't know why they called it the creator. It was hard. They, it was a hard movie to market for sure. It it's weird that it's become so untethered, like quality of movie, how the movie looks, all this stuff has become untethered from whether it does well or not. It reminds me of like you know streaming, like the audience score is a seventy six. Really? Wow. That's hmm. not, I didn't realize the tomato score is a sixty six. Oh, that's kind of low. <laughs> huh. I didn't realize how many reviews Jamie writes. <laughs> you got you know burgers. What, I, I didn't write that review. I wrote that review for us, but I gave it before. So I contributed to the. To, I didn't write that review. <laughs> but it was positive. Actually, Patrick fought me. He tried, he's like, this reads like a three. And I was like, it's a four. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love the creator. The creator and Oppenheimer are my two favorite movies of the year. Uh, maybe I just maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment. <laughs> uh, what else did we watch? Uh, well, my one movie I think is tremendously overlooked. I said this on Twitter last night. Is Gran Turismo? That movie. <laughs> really? I'll be honest. Based I on a true story. I, <laughs> go I on. Un- yeah. Okay. I was unfamiliar with the true story going into the movie, uh, and I. Can I can I spoil some of the movies been out yes. for like five months? It's a true story. Yeah. When that driver killed a man, I was like, I thought the movie was ending, and then all of a sudden he flies off the track and kills somebody. <laughs> I, I was like, didn't they like change the story though? Wasn't that? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know the story. I, I'm pretty sure they uh, changed the story. Well, there is a real. It is a re- true story that uh, he. The, the the race car driver, Jan Martinborough, flew after becoming a race car driver through playing the Gran Turismo game and learning to drive through the simulator, as they insist it is. It accidentally like got in an accident and it, it killed a spectator. And I don't think that's the race car drivers. Like I think that that's you can't blame the race car driver for that. I, it's really hard. You have to. I can't imagine living with that as the race car driver, but simultaneously, it's like a football player making a clean hit and you injure the guy. It, it that's kind of inherent you don't think as a spectator you go out there and become part of the risk but also like you do it's uh, some things are out of the it's just weird i don't know the whole thing is crazy have but you seen ferrari no. i have not seen ferrari no okay because it's like what you just said but times a gazillion Oof. and also a true story and oh, no. ferrari had one of the most harrowing things i've seen i didn't love the movie but it had a moment that i was like i'm gonna be i'm scarred for life i can't how is driver's accident How's driver's accent? I want to know. Uh, yeah, I watched a screener and there didn't have subtitles, so I only oh. understood like seventy percent of the movie. Oh no, um, he he was good, but uh, 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 I, I was really struggling without subtitles. I'll tell you Did you see one of my one of my favorite moments of the year was seeing Adam Driver at that Q and A when somebody <laughs> asked him. Uh, what did you think of the F special you. effects in the crash? Yeah. And he said, F you, that's what I think. Yeah. Like he didn't say only he didn't say freaking. Like he I I I listen, we were talking before the show. I am getting more and more for the be yourself, use the language you want to use era of 2024. I think we all we we're 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 listen. I use words like that in my daily life pretty often. I'm not gonna lie to you, but when I'm on the Paramount owned phase zero show where we got to keep in mind there are kids watching yes i uh there's there's some words that are are left at home (laughs) we're all adults except for some of the kids that we got to make sure 
But when I, the driver said that, I was like, hell yeah. I just need to chime in with like the grand turismo of it all. I am astonished every time I hear someone say that that move like like compliment that movie because the trailer alone, we talk about marketing. That trailer was so prevalent and was in front of every single movie I think I saw in like the first half of 2023. Like me and Chris and Chris's brother can quote it verbatim with like how often we've <laughs> seen it. We just like we'll text each other lines from that trailer because it is just so prevalent i i'm like i don't know that alone has made me kind of ruined to the idea of like actually watching the movie but i know i probably will at some point they uh, went uh, and researched the spiders in the amazon <laughs> <laughs> memorable trailer lines right there oh man i'm not funny all right what else do we watch this year uh tv shows movies anything you guys really enjoyed or were disappointed by um i would love to just real quick drop my top five movies uh, go for it because i'm ready number one Barbie apps. I mean, it's, it's just, it changed. I feel like it changed all of our lives. Number two, poor things. Barbie's tethered. I mean, it's literally like your is one of my favorite directors blew my mind. Loved it. Three, Bo is afraid. What a freak fest. What a nightmare. Loved it. Four, Killers of the Flower Moon. Scorsese is my boy. I love that man. I don't care if he hates on Marvel movies because he's one of the greatest uh, filmmakers of all time. And number five, I'm going to blow your minds with this because I saw all the all the big fancy movies. I saw everything. But number five, you guys, I love Scream 6 so much. I love <laughs> Scream 6. I've seen it so many times. That is comfort horror for me so i had to shout it out but i had to build up to it i just <laughs> loved it so much that's amazing okay that's a good i gotta watch more movies is what i'm hearing uh, my top five is very quite different i don't know if we have any top five in common barbie's not in your top what wait what was barbie barbie is that in your top five it's in my top 10 i don't think it's in my top five okay my top five and this is in no particular order but Creator Oppenheimer, Guardians 3 are, are definitely three in my top three. Uh, after that, I mean, I get, yeah, Barbie, Spider-Verse. What else? I mean, there's been some really good movies this year. I don't know. Yeah. Spider-Verse is actually in my top five, but I was cutting out Marvel for mm -hmm. a few Oh, 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 oh okay. okay. Well, yeah, if I cut out Marvel, then yeah, Barbie's in there. If I cut out Bar Marvel, then yeah, Barbie's in there. But Guardians and Spider-Verse are both ahead of Barbie for me. Uh, yeah, but what, what a year. TV's been pretty good, too. I loved Gen V. I was blown away by Gen V. I love the boys, though, so I, I shouldn't be so surprised. But I thought Gen V was spec-freaking-tacular. I loved every episode more than the last, and that finale was killer. I mean, literally. Like, it was quite literally killed a lot of people. <laughs> but, geez, this show. Did you guys watch Gen V? No, I, like, I haven't even really properly started the boys, so I know either. I'll get to oh. all of it eventually. Oh, my We're God. The, the boys page. is stupendous i have to say that i for tv i used to be just as up on tv as i was with film that was like i was doing it all but ever since i moved in with tony he's just <laughs> like a movie guy and he doesn't watch that much tv so to, i watched the big ones i watched ahsoka the last of us but i missed a lot of the other stuff this year oh except God. for poker face that was my jam this year yes so like that was a very good show this year yeah <laughs> yeah god i've seen so many things <laughs> <laughs> I will just say, circling back around to movies, I do want to highlight one movie that is definitely in my top five for the year, and it is Nimona. 
because the oh. fact that that movie exists is nothing short of a miracle. Um, it was originally made at Blue Sky Animation, and then that studio got shuttered once it got bought out by Disney. And so it was kind of, people thought that the movie would never exist. It kind of just sat in limbo for a couple of years. And then Netflix bought it and saved it and released it. And it is so beautiful. It's so weird and wacky. And I highly recommend it. Like that one it knocked it out of the park for me. The animation on the Mona is so damn cute. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. to see it. I haven't watched. It You're yet. gonna love it, Jamie. Like it, it's your jam. Definitely. It's like a weird, like, world building where it's like this kind of, like, uh, steampunk, futuristic, medieval world, and yeah. it kind of puts all these things together. And it, it's a nice backdrop for the characters too. Uh, I going back to TV and Invin- another Amazon man. I'm a, I'm on a, I'm on the Amazon train. <laughs> Invincible. Y'all watch Invincible? Am no. I the only one who watches Amazon Prime? <laughs> Nobody's got an Amazon subscription. I, I watch the stuff on Amazon Prime that we like don't cover at work. I watch like Daisy Jones and the Six and a lot of the like other shows that have nothing to do with genre stuff. Season five I, of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was beautiful. I sobbed my eyes out. I did watch that this year. I gotta start watching Reacher too. I hear that's really mm-hmm. good. Everybody's talking mm-hmm. about Reacher. That's on Amazon. You, you right? entering your dad era? <laughs> yes. Well, I got a dog. <laughs> I got a dog. I'll tell you one thing that's not happening in 2024. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're Invincible so good. I haven't finished the four episodes of Invincible that released, but finally we got Invincible back. You know what surprised me also this year? The Daryl Dixon show. Hmm. I, I watched that with my mom. We watched them all on Sunday nights. I used to cover Walking Dead so avidly that it became a thing that was like how like it just was work. Walking Dead was just work. And I didn't do anything with Daryl. Uh, I just watched it with my mom on YouTube TV, not screeners or anything. And I thought it was really a good show. Like I was I was really surprised. Uh, not no shade at like Norman Reedus or the <laughs> Walking Dead universe, but I feel like that show has the, the Walking Dead franchise is one of those that I even can't deny it. It is kind of overstated. It's welcome a little bit. I love The Walking Dead and the people who made it. I think that that show is has a real special place in my heart, especially because of the professional opportunities it brought me, but also because of the memories I made with people I watched it with 10 years ago. But uh, the Daryl show, I was like, man, where, what could possibly be going on with Daryl Dixon in France? <laughs> and it was good. It was good. It was just Norman Reedus. Bonjour. <laughs> 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 No, I it was, shout it was out wrong. way go way 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 back to January and shout out Willow because I mm. loved Willow and Ooh. then I'm still mad Disney Plus took that off because I deeply loved it and it's one thing I can accept not getting a second season but now I just can't watch it again oh. I'm ticked about that one I never watched it yeah I know I'm part of the problem I'll, I'll act it out for you because you okay. can't watch it so we'll have a night. <laughs> And yes. I will do all the parts. Yes. <laughs> Long live I, physical media. This is why we seriously. need it. This is why we need I, it. Vincent brought one show up in the chat that I do need to mention because it ended up becoming one of my favorites of the year and I was not prepared for it. The live action One Piece show. I am not an anime person, even though we just talked about Godzilla and stuff. I, I, I'm i not a huge anime person at all. I ended up watching the show twice because I loved it so much. A lot of the things that we complain about, like modern Western superhero stuff not doing, One Piece does and they do it so well. Like there was a kind of a running joke of the way that they do certain superpowers on that show kind of like make the MCU eventual Reed Richards kind of look sad by comparison, but it is a really, really fantastic show. I highly recommend it. I I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I like anime. I just don't watch it. 
I, it's I, basically I, just a superhero pirate show that just happens to have started as an anime and a manga. And it is very accessible. Like knowing nothing about the lore whatsoever, it, it helps you every step of the way, which is like everything I could ask for. So. The filmmakers and costume designers on One Piece did such a good job of they shooting did. it in like a, in the, I don't know, they use lenses, I think, that make people's facial structure kind of pop out almost in like, it's almost 3D type way. They yeah. clearly tried to do that sort of thing and it makes it look like otherworldly in a way that I haven't seen an anime adaptation ever try to do before. And I think that's because they don't have this style that's probably why a lot of live action anime adaptations don't work, but this was so creative and immersive in that way. Yeah. Good shout. Good shout. Another shout. Ted Lasso. Good call. Get Funko. Succession. Succession season yes. four. Gotta shout that out. I forgot that was this year. Where's Aaron shouting? Yeah, Aaron. Uh, I just know that none of our audience is really going to care about the stuff I'm talking about. Um, it. Spider-Verse would be in here if there was Marvel. Um, Five movies that I really enjoyed. I, I've I've long hyped Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut, where he makes the most anime a fight outside of One Piece imaginable in Creed Three, and we'll we'll probably get another one of those. Uh, the Clone Tyrone was amazing. It was so good. I actually got to see that on a screen here in Inglewood, like at like fully projected, and it was gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I have not seen Rebel Moon yet. I I'm, think I'm with Jamie. I think I'm going to wait until they actually show, like, they actually give me the full version of this movie this man obviously wanted to make. Although, if you want to, I wrote up our your, friends your over article, at, Yeah, your article the from yesterday is About that particular choice to open the movie with a certain portal shape, where yeah. Zach actually answered the question, and I had the funniest cover image of an article you can imagine. You can go find it on comicbook.com. Um, Brandon's like laughing in the corner because <laughs> well, like he knows what I'm talking Space Z. It's <laughs> so bad. So that was there. Uh, what the hell was he doing? I, again, apparently there is a lore reason because in the quote that Aaron I, wrote up, he says in the director's cut, there is a it reason. It makes more sense. Yeah, which is apparently. a wild sentence to say. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Listen, Zach, visual storyteller, man. Visual storyteller. <laughs> anyway, Aaron, keep keep naming your top five. <laughs> it really is, Vinny. Um, I love Polite Society a ton. Not, many, not that many people got to see that. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, that was really, really like phenomenal for me. Um, Cassandro over on Amazon Prime Video, our buddy uh Gail Garcia Bernard, like doing the whole Lucha Libre thing, um, and Exoticos. I love wrestling. I don't, I don't love it as much as some of the people who work at comicbook.com, but I do enjoy it quite a bit. So that's my wrestling inclusion. Although, Liam, if you talk to Liam Crowley, apparently the Iron Claw changed his life. It cleared his acne. He got taller. <laughs> um, and being to round it out, I watched uh, Kokomo City last night, and I really loved that. I, am, I, I didn't know I would ever be like, oh, man, wow, what gorgeous use of black and white. But here we are, you know? So, yeah, I love that. And on TV side of things, Al House finale, Fiona and Cake was great. And I love Scott Pilgrim, although I know the yes. fans were mad. I know the fans were mad. And the you, fans you who complained it. didn't get what they were going for, which is yeah. because what they went for was brilliant. That was a really, really good adaptation. Man. And you got the original voice cast, everybody to come back. You yeah. got full D-bag Chris Evans <laughs> just doing his thing. It was great. It was so it's fun. It's so good. Bad Brandon Ralph. Like, oh. And Mary Elizabeth Winsett doing her Natasha Leone thing that makes me want her to be in Poker Face Season 2. Oh. Uh, 
Don't threaten me with a good time. That would be great. <laughs> and Jamie's eyebrows raised eight inches. All right, Aaron, you're on the big screen, so I'm gonna hit you with this question first. What was your uh, what was your favorite professional moment in your personal career of the year? Professional and personal? Well, if you want to share personal, absolutely. Um, I I really did like talking to Nia, even though she lied to my face. I I still love you, girl, and hold your head high, because like apparently no one else did good either. Depending on what Variety will tell you, so I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really fun. That's all. And of course, I, I think also Spider Verse carpet. I guess it's a tie. Mm, that's talking good one. just like, Stephen Amell like walking by, looking at me and going hmm, and then immediately making a beeline for me was a very weird experience. It was very funny. Green Arrow. Green Arrow. Found a target. <laughs> Nana, what okay. about you? What was um, uh, what was your favorite professional moment of the year? Anything you want to talk about? Well, I didn't get to do as many like interviews or like the fun stuff that you guys got to do this year, but I would definitely say golden issues, like having that come together the way that it did. Like we we exceeded my own personal expectations. I've been helping run it for like four or five years now, and this was honestly the best year that we've ever done of it. So I would definitely say that. Uh, it came out so well too, thank and you. people were sharing it. Chuck Woody Awuji was messaging yes. saying thank you. <laughs> Oh, uh, we got to, yeah, it's cool to see it reach people too. And it, and it means something to them. Good job. Congratulations. Thank you. Jamie, what about you? What was your favorite professional moment of the year? Oh, hands down interviewing Harrison Ford. Uh, Cause that was a one, two, three punch. First of all, I got to be in a room with Harrison Ford and that is just insane. Second of all, it was easily my most successful interview I've ever done because it went viral and that was crazy. And three, you guys know I love to show off my tattoos, but I was never ever going to do that with Harrison Ford and my Star Wars tattoos because that because we know he doesn't like it. And the fact that he set me up to to call out my Leia I know tattoo was just honestly made my heart grow 10 sizes. Uh, so that that whole thing was just crazy and amazing. Hell yeah. What a year. What a year. Uh, well, Biggie, what's your answer? What's your answer? Oh, definitely talking about one, two, three punches. Getting punched in the face by Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. I, I was on a mission at the John Wick junket. I was like, I want this man. If he if he plays along, this is going to be great. And I went in there. And I was like, can you can you show me the secret sauce to how to throw a punch? And he got into it. He stood up out of the chair, threw a punch. I still feel it to this day. I just still can't <laughs> chew. You know, I still can't chew gum. No. No, that was that was definitely my favorite. Uh, and the what if I would have to say the what if uh, conference was a ton of fun. Uh, but yeah, those are those are my favorites. What a year it's been. Uh, phase zero, honestly, actually, my favorite thing we've done with Phase Zero though. This is my favorite thing we've done in a while. It's the first time we've done anything like this. The success of it was really rewarding. But those Loki episodes mm -hmm. were so much fun to be doing Phase Zero episodes afterwards. I genuinely looked forward to that. Uh, in a way that I haven't looked forward to something for work in, related in a while. I thought those were so much fun. And I loved coming on here on Thursday nights and doing the Loki episodes. And the fact that people were like our podcast numbers shot up our viewership shot up. It was awesome to see that people were engaging with it and having a good time with us. And that finally we got that primetime release and got the opportunity to do that. Loki and it just helped that Loki was very good. Like if Loki was boring, you know, if it was, or if it just wasn't a good show, and we were doing it every Thursday night, we would have had to come on and be like, "Well, so that that episode was it episode, didn't it?" But instead, we got to come on and be like, "Well, this was awesome. We loved this. We loved that. 
you know, some more than others, but it was just, it was, it was super fun. Jamie hated Loki season two. <laughs> had a really so, did, so did Jim. If he didn't skip 10 seconds every time, oh, you're killing me. I liked it so much. Don't, don't spread these lies. I wouldn't say in a personal note of uh, doing those episodes. It was so fun for me to get to share my impromptu recaps with the world. Yes. I those all the time at home for Tony and to get to, to share those with you was, was really fun for me. Who knows? Maybe, maybe on New Year's Eve when we release our "What If" season two episode, oh. we'll put Jamie through the ultimate test oh, of recapping "What If" season two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You don't get paid enough. That's no. a hard one. That's a hard one. <laughs> that is a hard one. We have to give you a raise for that. Uh, Jim, ten second, Miss Cardi. I hope you didn't skip that part. Hmm? Yeah, uh, raise. <laughs> just give everybody raises if you if you have that power uh yeah no jim's favorite part of the year he he missed it he skipped it so <laughs> that's that's how that goes all right y'all well, that's our that is our season three finale of phase zero the next time you see like a phase zero season episode whatever it's gonna have some new artwork it's gonna be the same great fun though in january but we have bonus episodes like i said coming up so what if season two we have a bonus episode on friday just looking back at the mcu's 2023 uh and fun stuff coming in echoes right around the corner so lots of lots of cool stuff coming up uh, Aaron, any last words for today's show? Uh, it's at Summer Lake Hornet on Twitter. I'd like to thank everybody once again for reading the Golden Issues. That was really fun. I've seen like it out in the wild more than just James Gunn and them. So good job, Jenna. Good job, crew. If you're wondering about the Rebel Moon thing I did, well, first <laughs> ask a parent or guardian and then go on to comicbook.com and read the article. Yes. <laughs> Also, Jim, let us do Phase Zero Salty Spittoon Edition so we can say his flavorful words. Ooh. Phase Zero After Dark. After oh, Dark. Jamie. <laughs> yes, Jamie. Oh, I, I did want to tell uh, my final word is I did want to tell you all if you listen to our first Phase Zero um, What If bonus episode for episodes one through three, I had mentioned that all I wanted was for Tony to be surprised and to slap me during the Christmas episode, and I got slapped so hard. <laughs> like, as soon as he clicked to him that, that Justin Hammer was Hans Gruber, I he, he hit me harder than I've ever hit Aaron. He was so excited. So I just want you to know that I got that satisfaction. <laughs> That's amazing, Aaron. You holding up over there? It's been a tough year. Oh man, I gotta war. I gotta start lifting. I started doing professional wrestling this year. I've been I've been in the ring, getting hit, getting punched, getting bumped, and I feel like still I have not taken the beating Aaron takes while watching a Marvel movie with Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Jenna. It's at, hey, it's Jenna Lynn on social media. And as always, go read some comics. Go spend your Christmas money on comics because there is a surprising amount of stuff that is out this week and it's all very good. So That's right. That's right. That's right. Go support your local comic shops, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on Phase Zero. Uh, stay tuned. Like I said, more episodes coming. And then 2024, we're going big. We're going, I don't know how we're going big. I haven't figured it out yet, but I know <laughs> we're going to. It's going to be fantastic. Hit me up at Brandon Davis PD if you want to talk more. Happy New Year. If this is the last episode you listen to, please don't let it be the last episode if you listen to. What if you streamed a few more? See you there.